Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman, recording remotely from my place in Toronto. Uh, we have on the line my friend and trusty producer, Max Kerman, also on the line from Hamilton, Shane Cunningham, our pop culture aficionado, and on another line, intern Erica working the dials. Uh, guys, this is a first ever for our podcast. This is a first ever for the world. Uh, we are recording from four remote locations. Uh, I don't know how this pod's going to sort of flow. I don't know how it's going to go, but here we are. It's nice to talk to you guys. Haven't seen you in a bit. Yeah, I know. I'm very excited we're doing this. A lot has changed since the last time we podded, but I will say, uh, I think the one question on everybody's mind as we're going through this thing together is how will this affect our fitness challenge? Like, is it, do you think we're going <laughs> to gain weight or do you think we're going to lose weight? Because like, I'm not going to the bar, so I'm like not drinking any beer or getting any drunk food that might happen once a week. Uh, but there's also more time for snacking at home because, you know, oh, we've made way some runs. more time. And I've already won the fitness challenge though, right? Like the fitness challenge was over. I thought, and I had won that. Okay, everyone else. Didn't <laughs> that is true. I guess you. But as far as our fitness, like I, I, I'll just speak for myself. It is gone to shit because all the non-perishable items are not meat, and meat was the thing that was mm. really keeping my calorie count low. So I'm eating like mm. I, I rationed a bunch of chocolate bars, and I was only supposed to eat one maybe every two days, but I'm eating two every day. <laughs> <laughs> And it's going, it's like uh, what going kind, terribly. What kind of bars, Shane? Uh, I, I'm really obsessed with the Reese's Outrageous right now and Reese Peanut Butter Cups. What's that? Uh, a Reese Outrageous is kind of like an O. Henry bar, but instead of filled with nuts, it's filled with Reese's Pieces and it has caramel inside it also. It's amazing. Oh, wow. That sounds very good. Yeah. What, um, what about you, Max? You think you're going to gain or lose? <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm going to lose weight, but we'll see. I don't know. I, I feel, I feel like, like you don't even drink um, that much alcohol, though, when you go out. I feel like you're very good at just keeping it to one or two drinks. And you usually get a vodka soda. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a, I'm eating in more now, right? So yeah. I feel like the portion sizes are a little bit smaller, which is probably a good sign. Also, I'm, I've been walking the rail trail here in Hamilton and doing the stairs. We've been doing this like um, YouTube home video, like fitness stuff, like Selena Gomez and stuff like that. So that's been happening. <laughs> oh, nice. Around the house. Yeah. Um, so I'll be looking just like Selena when this thing is all said and done. I'll Man, have, like, I can't wait really to see toned, you. T- toned butt and t- toned abs. So Ooh. it's great. By the way, Ash, manager Ash is listening to this uh, just because uh, she's on the line, but she doesn't have a microphone, but she's sort of like in on the pod to make sure we don't say anything stupid. And she just texted me. She said, haha, you bought that Reese. So apparently, Shane, I have already eaten the Reese Outrageous, and I probably loved it. Uh, oh, she, yeah. Ash, Ash, can you confirm uh, if I liked it? Can you text me that, Ash, uh, while we're recording now? Okay, thank you. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Okay, wow. she said, yes, I, yeah, I do love that chocolate bar. Anyway. What do you think, Mike? You're going to gain or lose? Oh, man. Uh, definitely gain just because this, you know, it's funny. We're, we're hunkered down in the apartment and the apartment feels a lot smaller than it did uh, before the lockdown, before we sort of went into hibernation. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to gain. Uh, yeah, we got, yeah, Danica got some goodies, some good stuff. Um, we have lots of good, like, like healthy <laughs> stuff, but there's also lots of like, you know, fruit loop action going on. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to gain, there's not really much to do uh, around here. Cause we're pretty much, we're pretty much shut in, man. I mean, how's everybody dealing with the isolation? Erica, how have you sort of, uh, been dealing with everything? Oh, you know, well, we, I don't, no one really knows if, uh, we have a job or not pending what the pro sports leagues decide to do with their seasons, which I know seems a little bit silly to be concerning yourself with like whether or not basketball or soccer is coming back. But yeah, it's a big bummer because probably I think over half of like my department at MLSE are freelance employees. And unfortunately, in the case of a global pandemic, there's no job security. So we're all sort of Mm -hmm. just waiting around, holding our breath, hoping that you know, after these, whatever the CDC, they keep updating their uh, like recommended time limit for big group gatherings. So I think right now it's at eight weeks. So we're thinking earliest best case scenario would be sports start back mid to late May. But I mean, who really knows, you know? 
as a piece of advice, Erica, if you're smart, mm-hmm. you're going to encourage us to do so many remote podcasts and you can produce them from home and then you can invoice accordingly. So that's what you would do if you were smart. Let's do it. So I'd encourage you to do that. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should, but it's up to you. You got to be like, guys, are we pawned today? Are we pawned today? Yeah. And then we, then we pay you. Let's do it. If you guys are bored, let's do it. Also, I'm trying to learn guitar, Max. I, I tried to learn your tutorial today, but it's not for beginners. It's for very intermediate people. So... I, uh, mm. I had to log off oh, pretty good, quick. You know, to be honest, uh, I, I can't do the, 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 the guitar tutorials uh, on our Cal's Instagram has been very, very fun. But if someone is just starting out, it would be painful for everybody else to watch. So it is, you're right, for intermediate people. I'd yes, say. yes. I but you know how but, to but play guitar for real, Max? Do I know how to play guitar for real? Yeah, like you can actually play it competently. <laughs> of course I can. <laughs> oh, I thought the big joke was like you fake play. No, I no, come on. Are you kidding me? I've even recorded some guitar parts on Arkell's albums. Um, I, the joke is I just don't like playing guitar. I, I prefer to frolic around on the stage. So okay. that is where that rumor comes from. But I can totally play guitar. Are you the second best guitar player in your band? No, third best. Tony's is definitely the second best. I'd say Mike's the best. Tony's number two. I'm number three. Yeah, for sure. What about Nick? Uh, Nick's not that good. And Tim can right. kind of get her. Nick and Tim are probably <laughs> equally bad. But they can, like, play some, you know, you know, they can do, like, oh, where, oh, where can my baby be? <laughs> like that, that, kind of, that kind of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but let's get into the, the heart of the matter here, uh, Mike. Where, where do we begin? Well, my God, yeah. Where do we begin? Uh, I feel like we are in unprecedented times. The world is irreparably altered. Uh, nobody knows anything. I feel like people's anxiety levels are very high. And I think it's, it's justified mostly because people, you know, they just, there's a certain amount of like, um, we, we put stock in, in, in our confidence in uh, certainty and, and, and sort of an, an ability to predict what's going to happen. And it feels like we can't do that right now. You know, Erica said that her and everybody that's doing freelance are concerned about their jobs. I think everybody's concerned about uh, the economy and the jobs and where this is going to go. And then also like on the most sort of maybe important and fundamental level, our health and uh, what could happen if we were to uh, contract uh, COVID-19, if we know somebody and most likely we're all going to eventually know somebody. Um, yeah, so it's kind of the world is in a very precarious place. I mean, shit, the four of us are in four different spots recording this podcast or in five different spots with manager Ash on the line as well. Um, yeah, what's the what are your guys vibe? How are you guys feeling right now? Uh, like, are, are, is it high anxiety? Uh, do you feel do you feel good about this lockdown? Shane, why don't we start with you? Uh, for me, I'm very low anxiety. I really uh, do in a, in a weird way, and it's very odd to say, but I enjoy the isolation right now. I'm enjoying the family time. I'm really uh, getting to know my daughter a lot better and vice versa, and I feel like she's obsessed with me for this time period. She doesn't really know what's going on. She doesn't know why I'm around so long, but we're having uh, a really great time. And there's a lot of laughter in the house, and there's a lot of snacking and video games and reading and you know, just everything I'd always want in life. Like I'm not, I didn't, I haven't been at work or doing much work beyond today. I was working from home, but it is a very relaxing way to live for me in a way I'd prefer to live all the time. If it wasn't for uh, the virus, this would be great. Maxie, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, You know, I really have a busy schedule typically, and I really thrive on jamming about 14 different things into into a day and you know going to see friend to friend and then coming home and usually like I'm thinking about the pod and thinking about the band and thinking about shows and thinking about other people's projects and I really love that and this has forced me to slow down a little bit um, because obviously I'm not going to a bunch of lunches and coffee dates all day long like I normally do. Uh, that said, though, I, I'm finding that I can still be pretty productive. Um, lots of good conversations over the phone, uh, texting lots of my pals. And yeah, I'm trying my best to find the silver lining in, in all this. And, you know, we can get into sort of like the, the grander, like societal repercussions um, to what's happening with this, this virus. But I'd say for me, 
yeah, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic in that, like, if everybody just does their thing and kind of keeps a cool head over the next few weeks, we'll be able to get back to the fun. So that's basically been my MO. I'm like, will everybody just keep their shit together <laughs> for the next, like, whatever, three weeks, month and a half, however long it takes, so we can get back to the good time? Because I think we're all in agreement. When this thing ends, we're going on the bender of a lifetime, right, guys? Is that? <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's like the question is, when does it end, you know? And, and, and like, mm-hmm. is that, is that a conservative uh, guess, you know, three weeks, a month, whatever. And, and are people going to get back together in bars again? I mean, obviously we've been seeing, you know, uh, the, the minute that social distancing sort of, I, f- I feel like, you know, the world blew up last Wednesday, like whatever it is, five, six days ago now. And, um, you know, people's opinions sort of changed immediately about how they were going to approach this thing. Um, and of course, that night I'm talking about is the night that like within the span of about 25 minutes, uh, it was announced that Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, Donald Trump had like suspended air travel in like a, an address to the nation. And then the NBA had sort of canceled a game right before tip off. And then it was reported that Rudy Gobert had tested positive uh, uh, for COVID nineteen as well. And so within this, and then and then literally like two minutes after that, the NBA suspended the season. They were the first uh, sort of major sports league to suspend um, their season until further notice. So it was like kind of like everything went from very low uh, risk and kind of people being like, oh yeah, you know, like they're going to try and play some NBA games without people in arena, people in arenas. We're all still going to get together, you know, and and it's low risk, but like you know, let's let's keep an eye on things. To all of a sudden people being like holy shit like this is real let's get our act together um and i don't know about you guys but basically i feel like the minute that that all went down on wednesday it was like this is for real like no more messing around and the reason i bring that up is because we all saw this past weekend like there were like students in you know boston or new york or whatever like out celebrating saint patrick's day like it was no thing so to your point max about everybody getting back together i do wonder when people will get back together sort of confidently and responsibly but then i start thinking about those kids that were all out sort of like trying to get their last party in before they all you know whatever shut everything down and i'm like i guess people will just kind of go back to doing what they were doing and take their chances what do you guys think I mean, I think we're all just waiting on the government to tell us when we're, we can go outside again. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like at least that's what I'm waiting for. It's like, can some official source give us the thumbs up when, when it's time? Sorry, Shane, what did you say? Well, I was just going to say when the numbers kind of stop doubling and people, uh, everyone who has it, uh, Corona or COVID-19, as it's now being referred to, is identified. The problem is right now more people have it than it seems because a lot of people haven't been tested. So when when there's a little bit of a ubiquity to the tests and everyone either knows if they have it or they don't, I think we'll feel a lot more comfortable being out and about. Um, but, you know, I think, Shane, did you hear about our Wednesday night? And has Mike talked to you about that yet? Uh, yeah, I have heard about it. Yeah, that's in, in, insane. I found it very interesting and like uh, it seemed like straight out of a movie. It didn't seem real. Erica, did you hear about our Wednesday night? I have not. <laughs> Please inform. I just want a fresh pair of ears to tell the story because it's a, quite an interesting story. And it's frankly like a night I will never forget. It's probably one of the most memorable shows we've ever played. So, uh, And Mike happened to be there. And Mike is a better storyteller than I am. So, Mike, you, you walk us through the evening. <laughs> yeah, it was the most bizarre evening of my entire life. I'll never forget that night. Um so basically what happened was uh, we, leading up to uh, that evening, that Wednesday evening, um, we, we were all supposed to, all the Champagne Boys were going to go to Rochester on the Saturday. So this past Saturday for our friend Brody's uh, diaper party. And me and Shane had been at work and, you know, on the Monday we were talking about it and I was already like, I don't know, like things were getting really serious, like to the point where, you know, we were all kind of getting ready to shut it down. And Shane was still kind of like, yeah, 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 but we'll see. And then, you know, the news was changing so fast. And by Tuesday, we're like, eh, I don't know, whatever. So even that was kind of in the air. So by the time I came home Wednesday uh, night, Max, you'd reached out and you'd be like, hey, I have this, this, uh, I'm playing this gala, this Nick Nurse gala for his foundation. um, And there's a spot if you want to come. And I was like, oh man, I'm like, this is pretty cool and unique. But I'm already not going to go to Rochester. I'm like, should I go out tonight? 
I'm like, eh, I'm like, it's such a unique opportunity. It's only like, I don't know, it was like less than 100 people in the room. It was this sort of like really cool sort of like charity thing. Uh, so I'm like, I got to see this thing. It's going to be Nick Nurse playing with the Arkells. Um, I got to go, but it's going to be kind of my last thing. Right. And at the time, like the state of the world wasn't like there was no lockdown. Nothing crazy really had happened yet in North America, right? No, if anything, it was like, it was still very, very much like, like we, like there was like my brother and Dan were getting together at like a bar and we were talking about maybe going to meet up with them after to have like a pint, like everything, like the, the government warning, everything was still very low risk. It was just like, oh yeah, people are still going about their lives. They're playing NBA games, you know? Uh, so we go, uh, see Maxi, see everybody, like people are there, the Raptors are there, they're taking photos, there's like press, they're doing all that stuff. Nick has like a piano guy in the corner doing his thing. Um, and then... Everybody ends up, uh, I see at Maxi, you, you were there. Like, what were you thinking of the, the whole thing at that point? Oh, it, it was a night that we've been looking forward to for uh, probably a month and a half since Nick asked us to do it. So Nick is launching the Nick Nurse Foundation, and this was the night to kick it all off. It was a hand-to-hand invite. Tables were very expensive. All of Toronto's sort of big rollers are going to be there donating money to this really good cause, which is to help underserved children and youth in music, sport, and literacy. And uh, Nick asked if we'd play Purple Rain with them. So uh, a couple weeks before, the, the Raptors went on their West Coast swing. Uh, we had a rehearsal, and Nick came, and we went through a couple Motown songs that he was going to play with us. And over the last couple weeks, we've been in touch. The whole band's been in touch with Nick, and we've been sending him sort of like piano guitar tutorials uh, via text message. And he's been practicing every single day. And kind of the big finale of the night was going to be Purple Rain. And so it was something we were really looking forward to. Uh, we uh, heard that Daniel Caesar was going to join for a couple songs. And I'm a huge fan of Daniel Caesar, so that was exciting. And then we also heard that a bunch of the Raptors were going to be there. And and so we were just thinking, oh, this is going to be like a night to remember. We're going to rub shoulders with our favorite players, one of our favorite musicians, and Nick Nurse is going to be there to join us on stage in this like very sort of like elite room and the fact that we can be a part of it is so exciting. Mike D, our guitarist, he made these like custom shop T-shirts that say like Nick Nurse and Arkells on them that all the attendees were going to get. And it was just a, an event that like we had sort of poured a lot of work into. Uh, and so did Nick and his team and, and um, you know, everybody at MLSC that was involved. So it was just something that like I was very, very excited to be a part of and – and that, and that and my dad was going to come, and you were Mike. You were going to be there, so it, it just had the makings of an incredible night, and it was just so surreal because, as Mike will explain, the first thing that hits is the Tom Hanks news. And just for context, most people uh, at this event were you know finding this out on their phone on Twitter. We had about four or five televisions in our dressing room, kind of next to the ballroom where we were all, where the band was all hanging out. And so we're just kind of like watching CP24 for the next hour and a half as all this news begins to unload. And we don't quite know what to make of it. So, how, Mike, I'll let you take it back here. Yeah, the room was interesting. It was like the Tom Hanks news breaks, and then we're all in like our pod group chat. So, we're talking about that. And then it's like, you know, you get like this weird feeling, like it's like a vibe. It's like, oh man, it's like, he's like America's dad. He's like the most famous guy that, you know, like, it's like, you know, I immediately said this will actually humanize uh, the virus a lot. I think it will make people pay attention. And so like, it had kind of like this, this feeling where you go, okay, that's interesting. But still you're kind of like, okay, it still feels just so far away and, and, and distant. Um, and then, you know, it's like, you know, there's like a murmur at our table where we're having dinner and they're like, oh, uh, Trump's canceled flights or whatever, his altered flights. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess he's addressing the nation tonight. Um, and then there's kind of like this like text chatter about how like they, they, the refs ran or an official ran out onto the court for the OKC Utah game and he stopped before tip off. And we're like, oh, that's weird. And we're kind of watching. It's a lot of basketball people in this room anyway. And so, you know, like people are looking at their phones and then it's like, oh, somebody tested positive for COVID-19. People are like, 
Oh shit. Right. And that, during all of this, Matt Devlin's up there being a pro. He's, you know, he's getting excited. Max, you were at one point doing like a fun bit with, uh, with Devlin, like sort of talking about your relationship with Nick nurse, which I thought was great. And it's funny when I think back to, such, I, Oh yeah, Mike, how, what do you think of my speech? I thought it was pretty good. Right? It was great. I, I, I thought it held the room pretty I, good. I filmed some of it. And it's funny when I think back to that time, it just seems so much more innocent now. Uh, and then <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden, uh, it, it murmur, it goes, Oh, it was a Utah player who tested positive. People in the room obviously know. So for those of you that, that that don't know, the Raptors had played the Utah Jazz on the Monday night. This was a Wednesday night. This was two nights later, uh, and we're going, "Oh my God!" It was a, it was a Jazz player. Then it comes out, it's Rudy Gobert. Everyone's going, "Oh my goodness!" Like you know, he played like I don't know thirty minutes in that game, got in a tussle with OG. Like this now, this this world news that's blowing up our phones, you know, uh, is now in the room. It's directly touched our room, you know. So you're going, "Oh my goodness!" Like. What the hell? And, and honestly, for me, I'm like, oh my, like I did not, like I wasn't even, like I, w- I was on the fence about coming here and now I'm in, now I'm in the room and I'm like, oh my God, you know, and all that stuff and, and, and going through all of those emotions that I think most people have that are very human emotions. Um, you know, I, I was, I was, I was concerned, you know, you think about your family, all that stuff. Like there's a lot of people that were sort of in that room that were all, you know, saying hi, people were bumping elbows and kind of, you know, trying, being very cautious, but you're having conversations and stuff. Um, yeah. So then, so then, yeah, the, the, the vibe in the room was, was kind of, it's kind of different, you know, and, and Mark Gasol and uh, Freddie were in the room as well. Uh, so then, yeah. I, I, and then you guys were playing and I just was so kind of like, I don't know, I had like a weird feeling and I guess we'll get to your vibe max for playing, but like, I, I, I just had to sort of like get out of there uh, and get back to my family. Like I was just kind of shook. So I left like right before like your first course, to be completely honest. I don't know if you knew that we haven't really talked since then. How dare you, Mike, you <laughs> fucking coward. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, of course, I'm kidding. Yeah, it was funny because basically, like, I want to say like five to ten minutes before we went on, I think the news that the NBA season had been postponed. But we didn't know how to process it. Obviously, we just heard about Rudy just before that, uh, Rudy Gobert on the Jazz. And so we kind of all go on stage going, well, I guess we're doing it. And then it was going to be a short set anyway. I think it was planned to be like 25 minutes basically all in all. So it wasn't like we were going to be up there for an hour and a half rocking. But I can tell you um, everything went great. Nick played incredibly. Uh, the people that were there stayed and danced and had a good time. But I, but on stage, I definitely it was definitely like not in the back of my mind, definitely like on my mind directly that this is a very strange time. And I can imagine as soon as we get off stage, this whole party is going to end. And so after we, we played the last song, Science is Delivered, uh, Nick was on guitar, and, and Nick uh, and I just talk on the stage. And he said, oh, did you hear the news? I was like, yeah, I think I did. And he's like, yeah, season's postponed. How about that? And I was like, oh, yeah, like we were both kind of exasperated and like, kind of didn't know what to make of the situation. We're all, we all kind of had the same mind of let's just get through this together and everybody can go home. And I uh, was texting Dan and Greg and I was going to, I was like, what are you guys doing now? And they both work at MLSC and both their jobs are somewhat affected by this. You know, Greg works for TFC and Dan works for uh, the Leafs and they both were like, "Uh, I think we're just going to go home. So Ash and I dropped off uh, our stuff at the office and just went bit and got a quick bite to eat and just like went back to her place and just sort of like read the internet for the next uh, couple hours before we went to bed. But it was, yeah, it was definitely one of those things where it's like this night was going to be remembered for a bunch of reasons going into it. And those reasons dramatically changed uh, by the end of it. But but yeah, to to be in a room where it was all happening in real time and to be directly kind of connected to some of the players, uh, I say that figuratively um, speaking, uh, some of the players involved was just, yeah, a very strange little piece of history. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. And like, you know, like there's a lot we still don't know. And I, I was freaked. Like I came home um, – the baby was sleeping. I kept my distance from Danica and I was like, she obviously was following along. I was in, I was in talking to her the whole time, like as this news was breaking and you know, like you're, you're concerned, like obviously you're concerned. Um, so I, yeah, I came home and I, I actually, I, I left, like I went and I was just, just until we could sort of sort things out, I separated myself from the family and I kind of was like, Hey, like we, you know, I, I came in, I, I made a quick bag. Um, and I hotwired like a hotel and I'm like, I'm just going to hang out here 
for a couple days. Uh, we knew that, you know, the wraps were probably going to get tested because that was like reported by Shams, I think, that they were all getting tested essentially, essentially at night. So I was like, I just need to like talk to a health professional and figure out what the next steps are. And I didn't really know what else to do. So that's what I did. And I'm sure it's not, you know, I, in retrospect, I probably should, I didn't know if I, a hotel or what, but I was like, I just need to do something. Um, and then, you know, from there, I, the family could like Danica and Winona could go to her dad's or, you know, her somewhere, something like that. And then I would come back to the apartment. Anyway, that was like a long couple days. I just grabbed like, yeah, like, like I, I ended up finally getting a hold of like Canada health. And this was fascinating because, um, the nurse talked to me and I was like, Hey, here's my situation. Um, and I was like, we're still waiting for like the test results, but the preliminary ones are, are negative or something like that. And she was like, well, she's like, you're fine. She's like, and this is kind of crazy because now I've since like kind of went back and looked, but she was like, if they're like, if they aren't showing symptoms and there's two points of contact, meaning say it was like Rudy had contact with Serge and Serge was in a room that I was in and I didn't talk to Serge, but it's like, she's like, you're fine. And if Serge wasn't symptomatic and Serge tested negative, she's like, then you're, you're, you're fine. You can go home to your family. I'm like, oh, Okay. So like all the rest, all the wraps uh, sort of are preliminary testing negatively. So I'm like, if they're preliminary testing negatively, they didn't have symptoms and it's like, it should be good. So then, yeah, I came home and yeah, I've been home. I've been home ever since with the fam. Like we, I have not, like I hung out there and now I'm back and it's like, we are like locked down, man. Is it scary having kids like during all this? Like how, what, how are you guys feeling, Mike and Shane? And I mean, especially with like Alex being pregnant, what's the vibe? Yeah, that's the part that's a little bit scary, but we are being, you know, we have a nice big house. Like, we're not scared to go outside. We're not in contact with any people. So we're just kind of laying low until we hear that it's safe to go out, kind of like what Max said. But, yeah, we're I'm definitely less worried about my daughter getting it than I am my wife just because my wife can't take any medication right now because if she does, it could harm the baby and then... um we might have to make like a crazy decision, you know, on like uh, w what to do with the pregnancy. Like my wife could have to go to into labor early or just terminate the pregnancy, depending on uh, what, what happens to my wife and how she's affected. If she, heaven forbid, if she got COVID-19. So yeah, that, that's very scary. So, uh, but can you uh, explain to me and our listeners, uh, your wife has lupus. Alex has lupus, but yeah, like it's basically COVID she's immunocompromised, so she she's deficient. She doesn't have all the immunities that a, a healthy person would have. So when they say like the elderly, it's they're, they're very at risk. They're also talking about immunocompromised people. So Alex is just as dangerous uh, as maybe somebody in their eighties, right? Mm. So so it is scary to uh, be around people who have been reckless, but we haven't been around those people. And we're only around other people who have been self-isolated, like Alex's parents canceled the trip to Florida, and they've been extremely overly cautious with uh, everything. So we're we're fine to even go hang out with them and have dinner with them, et cetera. Uh, Mike, are you, how, how are you feeling being a new dad with, uh, with Winnie and uh, Danica right now? Uh, yeah, like, I mean, here's the thing. It's like you read everything you can read and there's conflicting information all the time. They're learning new things, but essentially like, you know, it seems like, like we talked about in a pod that feels like years ago. Now it seems like young kids do well with it. You know what I mean? That they sort of get it and it just passes through them and they don't really, it doesn't affect them. Um, I guess in sort of, you know, commonly. Uh, so in that sense you go, okay, well that's, that's a good thing. But still you're like, what if, what if it's in our apartment? You know what I mean? Like you, you have those feelings and you go, how do you, you know, you hunker down and you just sort of, um, you know, get through it, but you always have these worst case scenarios in the back of your mind. And, you know, like Danica, myself and Wynn, we're all healthy. You know, we don't have the concerns that, that, that obviously Shane and Alex have to, um, have to live with because of Alex's uh, condition. Um, but you like no one ever thinks of the best case scenario when something like this happens. You know what I mean? You you just think of like you read like the the, the worst ones. Um, yeah, so like that's kind of, that's the real feeling that you have as you go like oh like what if our what if we are one of these people that are going to sort of like you know it, it could be in any of us for these next fourteen days or whatever you know. But um, yeah, I don't know. How do you guys, Erica? How, are you are you concerned about it? I mean, like like personally concerned about 
contracting the virus and like dying because of the virus. Not really, but I mean, just not knowing like how everything's going to go. I'm more worried about, you know, like my parents and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just, it's just freaky times. Hey, you know, uh, I I was just thinking about like um, this idea of how we get the word out to, for people to uh, to behave well, and of course you've seen like this news footage of college kids partying like this weekend in New Orleans, or you know it's just like insanity. I know even like at Queen's University, it was like St. Patty's Day weekend this year, and it did not stop seemingly many of the Queen's kids from going out. Um, but also in our own group of friends, uh, we, we had some friends get together on Saturday and this was a, a lot, much discussed in the Champagne Boys group, whether like we sh- should have done that or not. Um, and it was interesting to me because I haven't talked to Shane about this uh, yet because Shane, you are one of the, the more vocal people about saying like we really need to stay in. And if we're – I know you guys are all kind, caring people, but the fact you didn't stay in is something that's troubling to me, which is a, I think a totally valid thing to say. Also, Alex um, – Al Jerkovic, uh, my old roommate and who's also a new dad – uh, he we, he used to be called Simple Al, uh, but now he's called Woke Al because <laughs> I think especially since he uh, partnered up with the uh, lovely Sarah Bobus and, and has had a daughter of his own, uh, he's very very well informed and uh, and you know there's no no plastics in the house and I think they're veg- he's a vegetarian like he used to be the guy who'd who'd have like a smoker in the backyard and he'd be like cooking up meat every night and now he's a vegetarian and I think he's made. Uh, some changes in his life that we can all agree are probably really, really good for himself and his family and the environment. But um, I was just thinking about you two guys in particular because both Shane and Al, I think before they had this transformation into fatherhood and having a family, were probably two of the lesser informed people when it came to our group of friends and probably mm-hmm. didn't have that many opinions when it came to, to like, you know, social politics or any of that stuff. Would you, would you say that's generally true, Shane? Well, I think it's true for everyone. You're going to uh, dep- you're going to react in in line with how much skin you have in the game. And when I heard it that it, this could affect my my wife and my wife's life, I kind of took it seriously. So for me to comment in the Champagne Boys group a little bit more seriously, I think it woke them up a little bit. And I did receive some messages of apology from certain members of the Champagne Boys, which I appreciated. Cool. Yeah. And for the record, uh, Mike. Mike. Mike wasn't there. I wasn't there. Shane yeah. wasn't there. We were good boys. Erica wasn't there, for the record. So, um, yo, question no, but even like anywhere for yeah. three weeks. Yeah, and and honestly, I'm not angry at any of the people who were there either, because I know that everyone comes to uh, the realization. I feel like we're all at now, especially after we just saw the prime minister speak, and everyone gets to their there at their own pace. And like last Wednesday, I was ready to party it up in Rochester. I told Alex, there's nothing that's going to stop me. We're going. It's not going to be a big deal. And by Wednesday night, I changed my tune real quick. Because mm-hmm. I, I So my question, though, what I'm folded. Uh, yeah. to because uh, I was thinking about you and Al specifically, because you have like such like uh, experience in both uh, regards. So like in both fatherhood, family, and then also just being like a guy who kind of doesn't give a shit about like this kind of thing, typically, like when it comes to like greater societal like issues, mm-hmm. whether it's like the environment and stuff like that. And by the way, I'm not saying like I'm no saint either. So, but but I was thinking, I was like, you guys would actually be both really really good at educating people who don't give a shit because like you know when like former alcoholics go like, hey, I was once like you and I didn't think that the drink meant much, but if you get carried away, then you'll you could turn out to be an alcoholic and look at me and yeah. I'm telling you now because I was once like you. So I was just trying mm-hmm. to think like. What what do you think are the best ways to get people to change their behavior when they don't give a shit? Because I think no one is more equipped than you and Al to to to, to give that message. Well, just simply growing up, you know, like when, once you get older and you're no one who's 25 is going to act the same way when they're 35. Having kids is is a really good lesson in responsibility and maturity. No, no, but I'm saying you can't you can't ask them to grow. I'm saying like things need to happen right now. And there needs to be like really good leadership and messaging to get stupid fucking college kids who are going out for St. Patrick's Day to, to like bu- to do the right to buck up and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So like, what do you think is nothing, the most effective? Nothing's going to stop these kids. Nothing. These kids are driven by just like <laughs> you know <laughs> getting tail or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's all that's on their minds. And until until one of their friends get it, they're really not going to uh, do anything because. 
they they don't know they don't even know how to think or what to think they're just doing what their cool friends are doing because they want to be at that party where they might make out with that girl they like and nothing's more powerful than that until they find out after making out with that girl they contracted covid and then all their friends will wise up but until then i don't think mm. some speech from some old dude who has a kid is going to do anything okay yeah good to know okay i thought you'd have some sage wisdom you know what? You should do like some sort of like YouTube tutorial and you could show like old photos of you and old crazy things you used to do. And you'd be like, listen, kids, I was just like you. And trust me. And then, you <laughs> oh, know, oh, I, I could show I, I footage from a diaper party I was at like uh, six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just it's honestly just because I have so much to lose right now that I I seem like I'm a bit on, on my high horse. It's just because. You know, if Alex contracts this, my life could be destroyed. And that's that's mm-hmm. a huge motivator in terms of chiming in to your friends when you see them all over social media having a laugh and, and drinking. Like, it it felt insulting, and but I, I still wasn't upset with them because I would have been them if I didn't have a child and if my wife wasn't immunocompromised. Easily, I would have been them. Hey, so uh, to switch gears for a second here, how do you guys feel that the Canadian government has handled this so far? Are you guys proud of Justin Trudeau? Do you think we're behind the ball? Is there anything uh, that sort of stands out to you? Well, I think he has a distinct advantage with having a couple of countries having already gone through this. So like Italy was where we were three weeks ago. So he's had a pretty good roadmap on on what to do. And I think we are a little bit ahead for that reason. And I, I like the way he spoke. I did notice he put a little bit of a cooler emphasis on his English parts than his French parts. <laughs> did you notice that? He was way cooler in his uh, English delivery than his French. <laughs> I don't know mm. what cool French sounds like. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, but I mean the, um, the pausing in which he, he used for English was so cool at certain points when he's like, and if you're away, it's time to come home. Like he did that part <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Yeah, he, he did look right into the camera and he said like, yeah, for Canadians abroad, you need to come home now. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's interesting because like, I, yeah, I, I think he's handling it well. I think the country's doing, you know, I will say I feel a sense of um, comfort in the way that our country is handling things. Like it, it's giving me sort of a sense of calm as a citizen it, where there's like a lot of not a, not a lot of known things right now. I feel like it, it, he is providing that, which is what you want out of a leader. And it touches him personally. His wife contracted the virus like that. You know, it's like he's not just a guy out there like, you know, talking about something abstract that's happening to other people. Like it's right there in his home. Um, so, yeah, oh, I, not I, only I, that, he probably has the virus. Yeah. Like we're literally yeah. listening to a guy who has an 80% chance of having COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hasn't been tested. No, because they, they think it's pointless to test him because he probably has it and he's not exhibiting any symptoms yet. So it's like if he does, they know he has it. And if he doesn't, somehow he avoided it. Speaking of that, do you guys think like so when you see like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, who obviously got it uh, as well, uh, if you've been reading the reports, um, you know, they'll be doing these videos. Donovan Mitchell actually did an interview today uh, with, I think, Good Morning America or something like that. And, you know, he's he's obviously in isolation, uh, but he said he's, he's feeling good. Um, news broke, you know, a couple hours before we did this pod that Edris Elba tested positive uh, for COVID. And it's like uh, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson have been doing sort of sending positive messages. Do you think that those videos um, help? humanize the virus in a way that like you know a lot of people are going to get this some people might be stigmatized but it helps destigmatize it or do you think it emboldens Mm. people to think like yo donovan mitchell looks fine i don't care if i get it well he said he could play game seven in the finals right now he's like i'm ready to me that is terrifying and when when you hear something like that and i just saw that video today all i think about is the guys partying on saturday night and which one of them may have had it you know what i mean because when you have it and you're relatively healthy, you don't feel like you have it. And from what I've learned in doing my research and speaking to certain experts, that you can contract it before you have symptoms of it. So yeah. that's pretty that to me that I found that more terrifying than had he been like, this is terrible. And I, I really feel it. Yeah, there's a paper out now that essentially says that they're discovering that um, when you're asymptomatic, you you are absolutely still 
uh, you can spread it. Um, but yeah, anyway, the public health nurse didn't seem to, that wasn't the information they were going off of. Of and course, it, it's, it's updating yeah. daily. Yeah. And I was yeah. even talking to, I was actually talking to the woman who wrote uh, the guidelines for pregnant women uh, on COVID and how, how to behave. And she was saying she can't even confidently say that children aren't going to be safe from this, are going to be yeah. safe rather. She said there's yeah, not enough statistical data out yet. Yeah, I actually found it comforting, um, and I thought it was the best way for information to get out that this was serious. Because if it was just a bunch of nobodies that got COVID-19 at, at first, and you didn't know the person, you'd be like, ah, I probably won't get it. But when Tom Hanks got it, I said, okay, this is serious. When the prime minister's wife gets it, you go, oh, my God. If, if, if they're getting the rich and famous, then they could get anybody. I think that's one, one of these things that really brings, brings people together. And um, uh, it also made me think that, like, yo, that's actually a brilliant tactic uh, for the next time something like this happens. Like, some rich and famous people got to take one for the team and just say, like, okay, I got it. Because, like, I was thinking about, like, HIV and AIDS. I think that uh, awareness and money raised probably was – you know, expanded tenfold when Magic Johnson got it. And of course, it was a terrible thing that Magic Johnson got HIV. But like the awareness and the humanity uh, that all of America had to feel for anybody with HIV because Magic had it um, was something that ultimately was probably good in a weird way. And so I do think that like Tom Hanks and Sophie Trudeau and a professional basketballer getting it made everybody really have to like think about how easy it is for the thing to spread. Well, it got everybody off the tip of this is for uh, poor, disadvantaged people who aren't being uh, taking precautions. Totally. And also it made it feel like it wasn't this thing that was just happening over there in China. Because I remember a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, that's just this Chinese thing. There's always stuff going on over in Asia that I doesn't really relate to my life in any le- level. So I just didn't think that it would ever affect me. But here we are. Um, I had a question, though, like, you know. One of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately is just America's response to it and just like how um, how terrible Trump has, has done with all this. And we've always observed through the Trump presidency that like really nothing has gone wrong on a sort of a natural disaster level. And so he's able to skate by for the last three and a half years seemingly without a care in the world and seemingly doing an okay job um, because there hasn't been anything for him really to reckon with. And this is obviously a huge test for any administration, and he's failing so badly at it. And it almost makes you feel like this is like a Mother Nature market correction, where it's like, if we have rewarded people who are just like so baldly selfish and so and have so little interest in the job of leadership, and which in and, and obviously his position, he's like the leader of the free world, um, like something has to correct that <laughs> and just seeing uh, him be, to be exposed for just sort of the narcissist lazy person that he is to me has been actually really satisfying. And I wonder if there's going to be a paradigm shift. I wonder if all the people that support him and think that he knows what's best, if that's going to change on any level, because I think in the next couple of weeks when countries like Canada and Mexico and everywhere else are not allowing people to go into America and vice versa, they're, they're not taking any Americans because the Americans are so behind the curve. Um, it's going to be no one's fault, but the people in charge and that's Donald Trump. And you just see so many examples of of uh, people coming forward and saying, you know, I had a job in the government that l- literally looked after this very thing. When I when Obama was in charge, I was in charge of um, you know disease outbreak, and we went to Africa to take on Ebola in 2014. And because of our efforts, it never got out of Africa, and we were able to help a lot of help a lot of Africans as well. Um, now that position has been vacant for the last three years and there's tons more examples like that in the federal government in America and for someone like myself who is very in favor of an active government an active big government when you put people who are really smart and really caring in charge of really important things um, you know to to see the United States sort of crumble um in that way i think is is a real wake up call for everybody and i think it's hopefully a good reminder that we that we should rely on these public institutions yeah it's been fascinating i mean you know 
Yeah, Obama had put that that sort of uh, that task force in place to respond to pandemics and things like that, and that was gutted. That was one of the the moves that Trump had made, and it's clearly you know come back to hurt them. And you know when you asked about how we feel about Canada's leadership and Justin Trudeau and all of these things, uh, there is a sense of comfort and like like okay, here's the plan. You might disagree with the plan a bit, but at least we know we have a plan. And our numbers are still low. They're guaranteed to go up big. You know, like Shane said, Italy was where we are uh, now three weeks ago. So we're going to see where things end up in three weeks. But I do know that like, you know, I feel better about him instituting all of these things because it should flatten the curve. And people have talked about this. I'm sure you've read about it ad nauseum. Um, Yeah. And that feels good. And, you know, when we watch the news in the States or, you know, we all follow a lot of American people on Twitter, you're just like, man, they got to be terrified, you know, like. I, I don't know, like their healthcare is already a bit of an issue and it's like, you know, like, I don't know. I just feel like there's an infrastructure here where it's like, okay, yeah, like there's going to be a huge lineup to get tests. They're going to have criteria to get tests and all that stuff, but at least you can find that stuff. It feels like down there, it's like all over the place. Some states are different than other states and yeah, I don't know what's going to happen uh, down there, but it makes me f- feel good about being up here. You know, another thing I'd say is... um Michael Lewis, my favorite author, I've talked about him on the podcast before, he wrote a book literally about this situation three years ago where basically the whole book is – it's called The Fifth Risk and it's about what happens when governments are gutted and he specifically talks about the Trump administration not hiring people in very important departments. So he'd go visit these uh, like various floors at the Department of Energy, which is responsible for like transporting nuclear waste around. And all these desks that used to be occupied by like really hardworking government officials just were completely empty because he let go all that staff when he took over and never bothered to rehire anybody. And Basically, uh, the fifth risk is the unknown, um, and that's the premise of the book. And like, what happens when something unknown happens? How are we going to deal with it? And this is exactly what he's talking about. This was something that like wasn't easily predicted, and uh, you know, sure enough, we have Jared Kushner like looking for advice. Did you read this article? He he was ba- he asked his father in law, uh, who uh, sorry. His brother's father-in-law, who's Carly Kloss, the model's uh, her father, who's a doctor, asked uh, if he had any advice on how to deal with coronavirus. So literally, this guy goes on a Facebook message forum for other doctors and says, like, uh, I have a direct line to the White House, um, to the Oval Office. Does anybody have any thoughts or suggestions in, on how to deal with this coronavirus? And that is a real thing that happened. That is how Donald Trump has been dealing with this. It's just like asking for his buddy's advice. And by the way, it's like, we all get through life a lot, you know, in this particular way where you go, oh, hey, like what bar should we go to tonight? Or anybody have any like hotel suggestions? Can you ask your friend who went to Cancun what hotel we should stay at? Like that's the way most people get through their day to day. But when it comes to serious shit that requires really smart people paying very close attention, uh, we are left with Donald Trump's son-in-law asking his uh, brother's father-in-law. So anyway, it's just, yeah. It, is, it truly exposes Trump for the fraud that he is. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess we're at about an hour, guys. Do you want to sort of wrap it? What do you think? Yeah, so I was going to suggest we should end on a, like a lighter note. I was going to ask uh, what uh, television, movies, podcasts you guys recommend because I think that would be like a fun thing because a lot of people have time on their hands and we should give, them, give some suggestions. Uh, Shane, let's start with you. Oh, what was it? What did I watch the other day? It was like a Mark Wahlberg movie with Post Malone, and it's just like the stupidest action movie. But it's it's kind of enjoyable because it's it's unintentionally funny and it's sometimes intentionally funny. It's called Spencer something. If you search Spencer, S P E N S E R, you'll see a picture of uh, Post Malone's face on the. Uh, uh, Netflix poster. Give that one a try. That one, that one, I find I found a really good time waster. Mikey, uh, I haven't really been. I, you know, it's funny. It's kind of like we uh, we hang with wind during the day. You just got to kind of occupy uh, the times that she is awake, and then when she goes to sleep, we sort of like chat, we catch up, and then you know maybe look at her phones, and then it's kind of like bedtime. Like I'll throw on Trek, but I will say uh, my brother recommended. I think it's called Devs. Or maybe Dev, and it's by the dude that did um, Ex Machina, uh, Alex Garland, Alex Garland, 
and uh, apparently it's awesome. Mm. So, uh, so that's my brother's recommendation that I'll recommend to the podcast. I haven't gone around to watch it. Is that on, on Netflix? Uh, I think so. I gotta, I gotta see, but that, that's probably what I'm going to start tonight after, uh, when how, how do you spell down. that? What's that? How do you spell it? Uh, you know what? I'll look right at Greg's text. Yeah. D E V S and it's on uh, FX on Hulu, but it's probably on like, I don't know, prime here or crave. Maybe crave has it. <laughs> I should know that I'm since uh, Mike, how much in conversation was already on. There. Um, Max, what are you watching? Um, I, Paul Moncrief, our buddy, he recommended the show Hunters, which is the new show on Amazon Prime with Al Pacino, and it's really good. It takes place in the 70s, but it's about Nazis, and there's like these Nazi hunters in America that are trying to track down all the people that came from Germany after World War II, and it's really styly. The performances are really good. It kind of gets a little like zany. There's like these sort of like weird montage scenes that get kind of arty, but in a really fun way. Uh, so I, yeah, we've been really enjoying that a lot. Uh, I, I'd recommend that. And also, of course, if you're interested in podcasts, like The Daily's been really good. Bill Simmons and Malcolm Gladwell have a great po- episode from last week uh, after uh, the news of the NBA hit. And, um, and if you're looking for something a little bit lighter, Conan O'Brien is very good. Uh, Erica, Erica, what about you? Um, I've actually I'm late to the game, but I started watching the morning show. Really oh, good. On Apple. also, yeah. Um, I watched this movie for the first time on the weekend. It's with Jim Carrey, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh man, <laughs> that's I rec- a classic. I recommend that to everyone. <laughs> I'll second that. This is great, Erica. That is so that's adorable. That's great. Uh, good recommendation. It's only like one of the most critically acclaimed movies of our uh, of our youth. Oh really? So I'm glad oh, that just rem- that, that, that just great. reminded me of something actually. I can I can kind of settle a debate. Obviously, I want to settle it because it's in my favor. But um, when we were talking about the Paul McCartney versus Michael Jordan thing, yeah, mm. okay, because just Erica reminded me of uh, young people. That was uh, definitely with young people. Michael Jordan is more famous than Paul McCartney, and the reason is Alex did a test with her class because Alex has mm. a David Bo has a David Bowie book and no one knew who David Bowie was in her class because they're asking who was on the cover of it. And then she asked who knew the Beatles and a lot of the kids in her class knew who the Beatles were, but not all of them could name. In fact, only, I think she said only one person could name all of the Beatles and none of them said they would know, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Paul McCartney looked like in person if he was at a party, but all of them knew Michael Jordan. Hmm. Interesting. So maybe, like, but you think with 30 and up, maybe he's more famous to people, uh, Paul McCartney. But definitely with the younger generation, which is a big part of the population, I think Michael Jordan would overwhelmingly win if we're talking about who's more famous. There you have it. Uh, guys, do we have any any message that we want to leave the, the, the people? Maybe they're... Maybe they have some anxiety. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're feeling hopeful about the future. Maybe they're just nervous. Just stay inside. Uh, just do it. Don't go outside. Don't do yeah, anything. Just, yeah. All of those things I think are very smart. We got to chill out. We got to be good to each other. And you know, it's funny. I was thinking about in any other times in our life when something big and international has happened, it's usually a terrorist attack. And the thing we're always told is like, don't let the terrorists win. You got to keep living your life. Go out to the public squares. Go to the bars. You know, go to the baseball game. Don't let them win. And so my instinct is is to do exactly that. But in this case, that's literally the opposite thing that you should be doing. (laughs) Sorry, let me say it again. But in this case, it's literally the worst thing you could be doing. You should be doing the opposite. And that is literally just staying inside and and being quiet, basically. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. 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 Same time tomorrow, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Erica, good job. Now we're talking. (laughs) All right. Stay safe and healthy, guys, and everybody listening.